Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you joined us today for the episode entitled, Telling Time for Beginners, The Coming Prince. It's the episode for Sunday, the 9th of October, 2022. Well, I'm glad you're with us today. Hey, you know what? I love quotes. Quotes like, give me liberty or give me death. Or, we have met the enemy and they are ours. Or even better, remember the Alamo. Or, one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. And the ever memorable, let's roll. But here's a quote I bet you've never heard. It was stated by Paul Henry Spock, the first president of the United Nations General Assembly, also the first president of the European Parliament, and at one time, he was the Secretary General of NATO. So this was no average, ordinary person. This was a very prominent European leader. He said back in the 1950s, the late 1950s, we do not need another committee. We have too many already. What we want is a man of sufficient stature to hold the allegiance of all people and to lift us out of the economic morass into which we are sinking. Send us such a man, and be he God or devil, we will receive him. <laughs> wow! Now, time out just a minute. Europe, didn't you learn anything from Napoleon, Hitler, and Stalin? Duh. Now, you know, let's say that Spock's wish was granted, which I believe it will be. You know that all of nature abhors a vacuum. You know that, right? So whenever there's a vacuum form, something rushes to fill that vacuum. Now, right now, the global elites, and let me give you a highly technical definition of who the global elites are. Maybe you're one. Maybe not. I hope not. Here is what the meaning of global elites is. People who are politicians or leaders in some way, but people who think they know best <laughs> global elites are building a global government right now. Read what they write and say. They openly declare this. Right now, the global elites are building a global government that they think they will run. Now, I have a parenthesis here. I'm absolutely convinced that the elite of the elites who are initiated into the true Luciferian plan, that is what Satan intends with all of this, and I believe there are at least a few who fully understand what's happening, I believe that they know they are setting up the structure for the Antichrist. But the average rank and file of elites, that be politicians, Peter, uh, people who are leaders in, uh, 
you know, education and medicine and science and especially politicians, the bulk of these people who are global elites, they think they're setting up a system to either, quote, save the planet or to serve themselves. And probably a lot of the last one there. Now, whatever they think they're doing or whatever they know or don't know, wow, are they all in for a shock Absolutely a shock. I'm going to give you right now, right here today, the future of planet Earth, and it's already in print ahead of time. I'm going to read it to you. Oh no, here we go with some conspiracy theory. No, this is called Bible prophecy. So far... Bible prophecy has a 100% accuracy record. I don't know if you know that. Now, you may scoff at that, but probably you haven't studied it, so you don't even know what you're talking about. I do know what I'm talking about, and I know that Bible prophecy is right on time. It's right up to date. What it's predicted so far has happened exactly like it was predicted to happen and there's no reason at all with a record like that to doubt that what it predicts for the future will not happen exactly as it says it will happen. I mean, that makes sense, right? So let's look at this plan. Now, as I read through this, if you're not familiar with it, you might say, wow, you're just jumping all over the Bible, patching pieces of the Bible together to to uh, create this plan, and that's completely backwards. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm pulling the plan out of the Bible and putting it in this format so that we can all see that, yeah, this is clearly predicted. We are living in the times, I believe, now I don't know when the Lord's coming back, you don't either, but I believe that we're living in the days as getting everything ready for all of this to take place. Now, will it take place in three days or three years or three decades? I don't know that. But I can see what's happening, and it matches what I'm going to read. We can already see it being done. I'm going to go first to the prophet Daniel, Daniel 9 verses 21 to 27. Yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. Now, let me, let me just stop right here in verse 24. These are prophetic weeks, that is, weeks of years, where every uh, day represents a year. Does that make sense? It may or may not to you, but 
Just hang on to that. These are 70 prophetic weeks, and they are determined upon Daniel's people. Who, who is that? The Jewish people. And upon thy holy city. What city would that have been? That would have been the city of Jerusalem. So when you want to really understand world history, especially Bible prophecy, it's all centered around what happens to God's people, the Jewish people, to whom he has made covenant promises and to the city of Jerusalem specifically where the temple was located and where it will yet be located again. Now, why is all of this so important? Because it was through this people and to this city that the Savior of the world, the only hope for mankind, came to die a sacrificial death, rise from the dead after three days, and be witnessed to about that by over 500 people. And he made it possible for us as lost people to be redeemed. Amen. That's why the Jewish people and Jerusalem are so important in the plan of God. And it is the city to which the Lord Jesus Christ is literally going to return in the future. Let's go back at the start of verse 24. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. So what's wrapped up in all of that is when Cyrus sent the Jewish people back to Jerusalem the, the city was rebuilt, the wall, the streets. Later, the temple was rebuilt, and the Messiah came to that temple. And then, of course, he was crucified, dead, buried, and resurrected in that city. Verse 26, and after three score and two weeks, so what is that? 69 weeks, right? That is 463 years. And you know what? To the day, Sir Robert Anderson figured out using a lunar calendar and math that I'll never understand, but some of you would, he figured out, based on what we know from history, how everything happened, exactly the day that the Messiah entered Jerusalem. And you know what I've learned recently, too? Through Studying this a little further, the Jewish people knew that day as well. They should have known because they could calculate the same thing. And when Jesus presented himself to them as their true Messiah, when he entered in Jerusalem, they should have known who he was. But they despised him. 
Verse 26, and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. That is, he, he didn't do anything wrong, right? Now watch this phrase, and the people of the prince. So who are the people we're about to read about? They are the Romans. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. Now this the Romans did in 70 AD. But there is a prince of those people, the Romans, that will still come in the future. Go back and reread that phrase. It's a very unusual phrase. Verse 27, what will this future prince, the coming prince, do? And he, who is that? That's the prince that shall come. And he's from the people that destroyed the city of Jerusalem and the temple in 70 AD, the Romans. There will be a revival of the Roman Empire. Right now in Europe, leaders refer glowingly to basically recapturing the glory that was Rome when it ruled Europe. I'm not making that up. In fact, I just read that today in researching some of this. That's interesting. Rome never actually died. It was, has been sort of in a coma as an empire. And it's going to revive. And you may live to see that happen. We see the awakenings of that even now in Europe. But a leader will emerge from the old Roman Empire, the borders of the old Roman Empire, and he's going to be trouble for Israel. Look at verse 27. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Now remember, this relates to the Jewish people. So there's a seven-year covenant of some kind that he enters into with the Jewish people. By the way, this presupposes they're back in the land. Well, hey, guess what? Since May 15, 1948, Israel has been back in the land. Let the light bulb come on. And in the midst of the week, so that's three and a half years into this seven-year covenant, and in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. So this also tells us that there is a temple and there is active temple worship going on. Well, how do we know that? Because he stops what's going on. So there will be a future temple. And the temple institute is ready yesterday to reestablish the temple. That's a fact. Look it up. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Now, let's go to Daniel 10, and we're only going to look at one verse there, verse 14. And I hope you will read all of Daniel 10 and all of Daniel 11. Now, 
I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. So the angelic messenger is reminding Daniel that he's showing him things relating to the Jewish people in the latter days, all right, regarding this coming prince. Now, we're going to go to Daniel 11, verses 36 to 45. And the king, this is that coming prince, and the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god and shall speak marvelous things against the god of gods and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished. For that that is determined shall be done. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God. For he shall magnify himself above all. But in his estate shall he honor the God of forces, and a God whom his fathers knew not shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and pleasant things. Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God, whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many and shall divide the land for gain. And at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships. And he shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over. He shall enter also into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown. But these shall escape out of his hand, even Edom and Moab, and the chief of the children of Ammon. He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. But he shall have power over the treasures of gold and of silver and over all the precious things of Egypt. And the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. Therefore, he shall go forth with great fury to destroy and utterly to make away many. And he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain. That's Mount Zion. Yet he shall come to his end and none shall help him. Now let's go to Daniel 12, verses 6 to 13. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, how long shall it be to the end of these wonders? 
And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, times, and in half. That's three and a half years. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. Now, let me say here, right now, you're probably saying to yourself, what is all of this about? Well, Daniel, Daniel was having a hard time too. Look at verse eight. And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, oh, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. But go thou thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of the days. So Daniel is promised here, Resurrection after all of these things. Isn't that great? Now, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 17 begin to unlock some of what we have read. So let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, so that that word gathering is often used in the New Testament to refer to the rapture of the church. That ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us. That's like a, a fake letter as, as if they sent the letter. As that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. I understand this to be the apostasy of the church from the truth of the Bible and from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the way I understand it. Some see this as referring to the rapture, but I think it's best to interpret it as a, a, uh, an apostasy, which we are starting to see right now, everywhere we look among people who are supposed to believe the Bible, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin, this is the, this is the prince that shall come, this is the beast, this is the antichrist, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped. Does that sound familiar? We just read the same ideas in Daniel. 
who opposes and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he, as God, like he's acting like he's God, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Wow, we, just, we read this from Daniel, right? Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? And now ye know what withholdeth, that is, like restrains or prevents. Now ye know what withholdeth that he might revealed it, be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth, that is, there is someone who restrains. This is the Holy Spirit. This is God. Only he who now letteth will let, that is, he will continue to restrain until he be taken out of the way. Now, where is the Holy Spirit living right now during the church age, the age of grace? In the church, the people of God. Christians, this is biblical, by the way. If you don't know it, you just got to trust me on that, and you can check me out on that. But that restraining ministry is going to be removed when the church is removed. Now, it doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit will not continue to work in the world after the rapture of the church, but that restraining ministry that he exercises through Christians in the world will no longer be restraining. And then, and I say this reverently, all hell is going to break loose on the earth. You think it's bad now. Don't be around when there's no restraint on evil. You don't want to live during those days. Now notice this. Let's go back and read verse 7 and 8 together. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed. It's talking about the Antichrist here. Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan. He is satanically energized, people, in the last three and a half years of his reign. That 42 months after he goes into the temple and says, I'm God, worship me, and the world is forced to do that. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Wow, in Greek it's believe the lie that this, this one is God. That they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you 
to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. <laughs> wow, I hope this is starting to come together for you about the coming prince and what's gonna happen to him. It's nothing to worry about because Jesus Christ just takes him out because only the Lord Jesus Christ is the rightful ruler of this world. Say amen here. Revelation 13, one through 18. This is gonna add more detail. These are things, by the way, if you haven't read the Bible a lot, you may remember, yeah, my granny used to tell me about this, or I heard a preacher say that once at church, or I saw this movie, or read this book, whatever. And these are like bits and pieces floating around in your heart and mind, and you, you've heard bits and pieces, but nobody's ever put it together for you I hope the Lord is putting it together for you today. Revelation 13, 1 through 18. Now, I believe that Daniel, the book of Daniel is the key to unlock the book of the Revelation. And we see John explain many things that are vaguely alluded to in the book of Daniel. Revelation 13, 1 through 18. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast, rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the names or name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. By the way, those are all animals mentioned in the book of Daniel, which I, I, don't, I don't, we didn't read that part, but it is in Daniel. And his mouth is the mouth of a lion, and the dragon, that's Satan, gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast, and they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. That would be us who by this time are with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he just hates God and those who love God. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints. These are believers on the earth after the church is taken home to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. 
He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon, and he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. So who is this? This is the one we know as the false prophet. And he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man." and his number is 603 score and six. Now I'm going to read from Revelation 17, verses eight through 14. And we'll see here, just as uh, in this passage and the Daniel passage uh, afterward, the passages that I haven't read yet, we're going to see that this beast, this antichrist, this coming prince, you know, it's an inside job. He rises up from the inside of this global government that's set up. He rises, it seems like, from almost obscurity to become the leader of the world. This is why I say that the global elites, you know, the rank and file, think they're setting up something they're going to run. Hey, they're just setting it up. Satan's going to let his man run this thing. Get that through your heart and mind, especially if you're a global elite that God has allowed you to listen, you need to repent and get saved and get on the right side. Revelation 17, 8 through 14. And the beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. So this could allude to the revival of this Roman Empire and at the same time refer to this resurrection of this world leader who apparently will be killed and rise from the dead satanically. I don't know how that's possible, but the world's going to believe that's what happened. Verse 9. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. 
And there are seven kings. Five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seven, and goeth into perdition. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. (laughs) I love that. Amen. So we see here alluded to these these 10 that will rule as kings for one hour, and they're going to they're gonna support this guy all out. Did you know that the world is currently divided into 10 economic zones? I don't know how that figures in, but that's very interesting. Maybe political leaders or some other type of leader will be put over 10 regions of the world like this. We will Just see how it plays out in the future. In Daniel 2, we are only going to read two verses here. Daniel 2, verses 44 to 45. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Forasmuch as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain. Now he's he's referring back to the, the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had and that he was explaining. Forasmuch as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold. So Jesus, obviously, is not a person. He's the perfect God-man, okay? That's who he's talking about here, This represented by this stone which demolished this image in the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. The great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter? And the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof, sure. Now in Daniel 7, we're going to read 7 to 27. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, And it had great iron teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. And it had 10 horns. I considered the horns and behold, there came up among them another little horn before whom there were 
three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days, this is God the Father now, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousands, excuse me, thousand thousands ministered unto him, and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. I beheld then, because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain, and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and time. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven. This is the Lord Jesus Christ now. And came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of the things. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured break in pieces and stamp the residue with his feet. And of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them until the ancient of days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. (laughs) Thus he said, 
the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. This is where Rome rises again. Only this time, it will be a worldwide satanic kingdom. Verse 24, And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall arise after them. And he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and, to, and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. That's three and a half years. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Now, this is the takeaway. The political and practical aspects of the beast system, this global government, is being set up day after day right now across the world. Now, we don't know the timetable, but we can see what's being set up. The global elites think they will rule, but in reality, Satan will be ruling through the beast. They're just the water boys setting all this up. And the structure is being set up for the coming prince who will take over that global government. And the coming Lord of Lords and King of Kings will come and demolish his final human government and set up his eternal kingdom on the earth, the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. My best advice to you right now is if you're not a true Christian, is to repent of your sin and call upon the Lord Jesus Christ to save you and trust Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you're already a Christian, please help warn the world. Terrible times are coming to this world, but if we have Christ as our Savior and Lord, before that time, we will be raptured out of it before all of this happens. And people can even be saved during that time, but what a terrible time they will go through. I'm asking you right now, if you are not a Christian or you have doubts, to write this phone number down, 877-247-2426. You won't be calling me, but when you call that number, you can speak with a counselor who will discuss with you how to become a Christian, how to be sure that 
your sins are forgiven. And when you leave this world, you will go to be with Jesus. Now, I don't know if I'm going to be in the rapture or whether my personal death will come before that. Some days I feel that way. Either way, it doesn't matter. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when I leave this earth, I will instantly be with Him. And I want you to know that too. And if you are a Christian, I'm asking you right now to like this episode, follow the podcast, and to share this episode right now with others that they may hear the good news of Jesus Christ and be warned about what's coming upon the world. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next week if the Lord doesn't take me home first and share more good news from the Word of God. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.